All right, Shazia, I am so pumped that you are here. I know today is going to be epic and I'm really excited to see where we go because we have so many things in common and we have so many life experiences in common and things in common and our missions are so similar. So I feel like today is going to be some magic. Thank you so much for being on the full out podcast and welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here too, because we were chatting a little bit before about how we met and felt so connected, but we really don't actually know each other. But we know each other. I mean, that's the beauty. That's the beauty of meeting in containers that are focused on personal development, emotional intelligence, feminine embodiment and energetics. Like we, we go so much deeper than the surface. Um, so I'm excited to get, get, I don't even say some of the surface, but I'm excited to learn more about your story because Mm -hmm. I feel like we connected on such deep levels. And now I want to know even more, even more. So I know that you are a coach. You were also an engineer before you became a coach. And I know that your, your energy is all about having women thrive. And Mm -hmm. I am curious, what is the origin story? Like, why is women thriving so important to you? Oh gosh. You know, I, I just think it is a godsend to be honest. And I have to take you to this moment actually, because for the longest time, people have been telling me what they see in me. You know how you see people, but I couldn't actually see myself. And I I remember this moment. It was just a few years ago. It was early in the morning. I had woken up in the middle of the night. I don't know why I was sleeping in the other room. Anyhow, we don't need details. So I'm in this room by myself. It's almost like sunrise. And I start feeling like I need to move. And so I, I put on some music and I start moving and you know, we do a lot of this where we met at Grace, you know, sort of that feminine embodiment. And I don't know why I'm like just dancing in the mirror, uh, dancing. And I see myself in the reflection of the window and I see my movement and I'm like, whoa. And I saw myself like others saw me, like finally I saw it because people would always say things like, oh, you're all about female empowerment. And I didn't like the word empowerment. I felt it was very cliche. And then you know, I've always felt like a feminist, but then that's also been overtaken. You know, a lot of things become cliche, but in that moment, I saw what people saw with the feminine power because I saw the beauty of the movement I was in and the depth of the power that was there. And it was this deep connection to who I innately am. So the origin story is that I think it comes from before I even came into this life, right? That this is who I was meant to be. This is how I came. And my purpose is really to see women thrive, to see them succeed, because really, I love it when women succeed. It makes me excited. It makes me happy. I just don't know why. It just does. And and so I've accepted it. But it's definitely, of course, there's been a journey along the way, but it's just it's just who I am. It's just my nature. Were you always like that or did something spark that growth? Cause I know for me, I didn't really connect with that part of me until I was leaving my marriage and moving through divorce. And that was the thing that kind of opened that up for me. But I'm curious, have you always felt that power or did something shift and happen in your life? You know, for me, I have always felt that power and then I dimmed it. 
So it was actually something I always had. I think the peak of where I really saw it was when I was in college. You know, I was woman of the year in my engineering department. I was a Grado scholar. I was chosen as a student speaker. Like that's how I showed up. That was my energy. I was all about, you know, connection and of course doing well, but it was more about that connection and embodiment and being who I am. And so many things opened up for me from that space. And when I got married, actually, I somehow felt like I had to go inwards. And I don't know where that came from because growing up, my parents were all about, you can do whatever you want to do. And I come from an, an Indian family. So my dad always from when I was young said, you are no different from a boy. You are no different from a boy. He had high expectations. So what's interesting is that I guess it's social conditioning, but when I got married, I just thought, well, now I have to play small. I can't be as big as I am because I don't want to outshine my husband. Mm, yeah. And then I just went inward and inward and inward. And it wasn't until my marriage was ending and I was in the throes of the, the marriage ending that I realized I had lost myself. And then it was like a rediscovery of myself, but 10 years later, you know, a decade later. So now I've grown too. what else is there. And so it, it's interesting because it's almost like I had blossomed and then shrunk back in and then I blossomed even bigger. Wow. That's actually really interesting. I'm really fascinated by that because I think a lot of women will resonate with the, well, I'm at quote unquote, this part of my life. So this is who I'm supposed to be. Like mm -hmm. I see a lot of that in my clients that are moms. Like they go through this phase once they have children that now they feel because of this societal programming that they're moms. So therefore they can't wear the certain outfit or they can't mm -hmm. do whatever it is in their business. Or, and they, they start to dim themselves, even if no one is actually telling them that. Yes. Um, so I think that that's really interesting that you experience that as well. Yeah. And it's so, it's just so fascinating because I can't point to anybody who said that to me, right? It could be one thing to say, I think sometimes people look at me and they're like, oh, it must be your religion or cultural upbringing. And I'm like, actually, no, like that, that's not it at all. And so I'm like, well, then what is it? And I'm like, I grew up in the US, I grew up here. So to me, it's just this programming for women. Like you said, it just comes out, whether it's when you get married or when you have children. And now we have to, we have to fit some role. It's like, yeah. we haven't moved away from that. Even if it isn't conscious, even if it isn't overt, it is happening. And the levels of guilt, the levels of, I don't want to outshine someone. I mean, all of these different things that we just take on, I mean, like you literally don't even have to have a reason. It's just embedded. I feel like in our DNA, just. Yeah. 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 So, so what do you say to the woman who is like, Ooh, like, I don't want that to be me. Like I, I always feel like we went through our hardships and I feel like most women that are in the coaching space, the guide space, the activation space. It's like, we went through some really challenging dark night of the souls. And we like to share those lessons so that other women can avoid the pain that we went through. Mm -hmm. Although I know everyone has their own journey. So I'm curious, what would you say to the woman who has found herself dimming? She's in that marriage or she's in that job, or she's in that phase where she's like, I don't feel like I'm fully myself, but I, I don't really know what to do with it. Yeah. I mean, the first thing is to be really honest. The first thing is su it's such honesty with where you're at, because you know what often happens is 
there's something um, called the seven layers of consciousness, the seven levels of consciousness. Have you heard about this? No, tell me. Okay. So there's seven levels of consciousness and I won't get into all of it, but essentially it starts levels one and two or are the lower levels where you're either feeling like in victim mentality or you're feeling very angry, like just that agitated feeling. And then the higher levels are where you're having all, you know, all the ideas popping and the inspirations and the downloads and all of that. Okay. So right in the middle around level three is where you make lemonade out of lemons. So you become complacent. You become okay with things. This is where you hear yourself saying, well, I should be okay with it. I should be grateful. Well, it's not that bad. And in this middle layer, this is actually the scariest one. Because when you're in the lower levels of consciousness, you can get angry or sad enough to actually slingshot you up into those higher levels of consciousness. But when you're stuck in this level three, this is where I see women stuck. And I was too. I was really stuck because I was actually willing to sacrifice myself and stay in a marriage that had been long over just to play the role of being a wife. So that I could fit into my community, right? Because I thought that was the way it was supposed to be. Even though I was dying on the inside, not only was I dying on the inside, on the outside, I was fighting for the marriage, like fighting tooth and nail. So it was, I was trying so hard to stay in that level three. Like if I can just stay in this, I'm willing to just be sad on the inside. And it wasn't until I got really honest and I said, who have I become? Like, this is not me. Like, who am I? And really addressing for me what that meant was that my self-esteem was shot. The fact that I was willing to be in something so self-sacrificing, even though I didn't have to be, there was some, there was a disconnect there. And so for me, I got brutally honest and I realized I I said to myself one day, I said, I have low self-esteem and that level of honesty allowed me to then be like, okay, great. I'm going to work on this now. You know, I knew my life was falling apart, but addressing that core issue for me allowed me to then take action. So I think it's not so much about that getting to the other side until you can honestly address where you're at. Otherwise, it is hard to change. It's easier to stay in a crappy situation and just convince yourself it's okay than to have the courage. It's courageous to say, to believe, forget even say, to even believe that there could be more. Mm, Damn. Yeah. And you know, this is where I have the problem with a lot of the like, I don't even want to call it toxic positivity, but I I think that there's this fine dance between the positive affirmations and finding the gratitude and really focusing on what you want and what you want to create and, and really looking at the future versus, you know, bypassing the stuff that really isn't working. Cause I think for a long time, that's what I got stuck in. It's like, yeah, okay. But you know, on paper, this looks really good, or I should be happy and getting stuck in the shoulds where I was like, I'm trying to focus just on my quote unquote gratitude, but then I got stuck in that cycle. So I'm so glad that you put words to it. I hadn't, I actually have never heard of that scale. So that makes sense that middle space is actually 
one of the scariest because it's like lukewarm water, right? It's like, if I'm going to jump into an ice bath, it's going to shock my system and I'm going to take action. And also (laughs) if I get into like the super spicy hot jacuzzi, like, Ooh, it feels delicious. But that in between, Ooh, yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah. And a lot of women, I'm going to just say it, are stuck there. They, no. I can't tell you how many times I hear women, they start to go into that deeper place. Like you said, the not positive place and then start feeling like, oh, but it's okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. And I'm like, no, please, let's go all the way. Let's go into the murky waters. Let's go into the depths of the dark night because it is that's where you can actually find light. We are just so scared of it. We're so scared of falling off the cliff. And I'll tell you this, you will never fall off. Like you will always be held. The divine will always hold you always. And I, I know that at the time I couldn't even understand that, but I just want to say that in case somebody hears it and that's what you need to know that you will be held And you don't, yeah, you don't have to toxic positivity yourself out of it. It's not going to work. It's just not. Yeah. No, I'm like, if we're not, if we're not looking at what's underneath the rug, that shit's going to pile up and it's not, it's not going to work. And it's it's not going to smell. It's going to smell real bad. It's (laughs) going to smell. So, so, okay. So I want to come back to you. How, what was the transition from you going from engineer who is like perfectionist, slaying the game, winning the awards, doing all of the stuff to then saying, I'm going to become a podcast host. I'm going to become an ICF certified life coach. I'm going to impact women. What was that transition? Was that around the divorce also, or were those two separate things? No, they were. I mean, they were so in line. I mean, I just felt like the divine was like, you're not listening. I'm going to, I'm going to push you off the cliff. Cause I was like, no, 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 no. Like holding back, holding on for dear life. Don't make me go. And I just got pushed off. Right. So the divorce was such a catalyst for me because it was, it was the most devastating thing for me. And, and I want to put into context that I lost my son. And divorce was more devastating for me at the time. Wow. Yeah. I mean, my jaw, my jaw is on the floor now. Yeah. I mean, losing my son was devastating, right? The the immense grief and everything that goes along with it. And yet the level of failure I felt when my marriage unraveled after that, like that's what actually took me to having suicidal ideation, you know, wishing that a car would come hit me because I didn't think my life was worth living. I didn't think it was worth living if I was alone. That, I mean, this is how ingrained the socialization of women and our roles is. So that was the catalyst to hit that rock bottom, to realize like, again, how did this happen to me? So when I went on this journey to improve my self-esteem and I would tell people, I would be like, you know, they'd be like, oh, why are you at swim lessons? I'm like, I'm here. I'm working on my self-esteem, you know, like we work on our bodies. We work on, you know, all these other things. I was just putting it out there and I can't tell you how much people were like, that is amazing, right? That is amazing. So that is, that takes a lot of guts and courage. Like, I really think it does. I don't know anyone that's ever been like, yes, I'm going to enroll in this program because I'm working on my self-esteem. I'm going to go take dance class because I'm working on my self-esteem. That mm-hmm. Did that feel like a big deal to you? Because to me, that's a huge deal. 
didn't. I didn't. It, it was like me coming out, though. You know, I was just going all in. I just decided I'm going to mm-hmm. go all in. This is my truth. And I had I had been living so long trying to be that perfectionist, trying to like have look like I had everything together on the outside, but dying on the inside. So, you know what? I might as well go all out and be like, hey, I am not only not perfect, I'm working on my self-esteem to boot. Okay. (laughs) That's amazing. Okay. So you're working on your self-esteem. And then how does the career piece play in? So I decide to take coaching training. You know, I'm like, well, what do I, what do I have to lose now? I'm going to take coaching training. All of a sudden it's like, what have I got to lose? People have been telling me for so long. Again, the clues were there. People were telling me, why don't you become a life coach? And I'm like, who's going to be like those weird women in boho dresses spinning in circles in the field? Like that's (laughs) not me. That is not me. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm dying. Yes. I feel this too. Continue. Continue. So, but again, what have I got to lose? My marriage is ending. So, you know, I, I, I took the training. I ended up in an amazing leadership program, which really brought so much of like who I am to the forefront cut through a lot of that BS, a lot of that conditioning, all of that stuff. And so to me, that was actually more like a step-by-step thing in terms of the career change. Then I started my business and, and then I kind of just did both at the same time. I'm even though I'm a big risk taker. I'm not the person over here who was like, and then I quit my job. And then I did this. I actually just kind of kept them both going. And then one day I was like, okay, it's still scary for me to leave, but I'm going to leave. I had gone part-time at my job, then I'd gone half-time. So that felt like a much more structured, I guess, sort of journey. But internally, I feel like all of those things were like big explosions inside of me. Like I really feel internally finding my creativity, allowing myself to be in the full expression of myself, going back to who I am. I mean, that was just coming out in this whole journey. That's so, that's so cool. And, and, you know, I talked to my clients a lot about this because, you know, when we're doing this type of work, and I know that you probably experience this with your clients, it's not like we're doing health and fitness where like you're dropping body weight or you're building muscle mass, or you see a difference in your blood work. Like we don't have as many of those tangible outward results, the Mm -hmm. inner work tends to be massive, but the outer experience of them can be a slower build so that, you know, if you haven't seen someone in a year and they come and see you again and they're like, oh my God, you're a different person. We can't really measure this outward sign of building your self-esteem or building your confidence or building your belief in yourself. Mm -hmm. Looking back at the journey, yes, you left your, you know, career and you built this other business and you're doing these things and you survived, you know, all of this stuff that you went through. But I think that that's really important to state that I think a lot of women are looking for, like, I want to check off the box. I want to see that this is working. A lot of us want that instant gratification. Show me it's working. And I think it's a lot harder harder to see those when we're living our life day by day. It is, you know, and and you bring up such a good point because it is hard to quantify what we would call intangibles, but those are the things that make the greatest shifts in our lives. Amen. I mean, my clients will come back like, you know, it's so interesting because when they write their testimonials, it's so fascinating the thread where they're like when I joined coaching, I had no idea what it was. I even thought like what is this? And then at the end, they're like, but it it was 
the thing that changed my life, the greatest investment of my life, like total transformation. And even still, as a coach who's been in business now for almost a decade, I still am like, how do I actually word things? I am so glad you said that. I am about to jump out of my chair and do a backflip. I can't do backflips, but like, I feel like I want to. I come up against this so much. Like, truly, I have one person over here who's finally like spicing up their sex life with their partner. And they're like, oh, this, like, oh my gosh, there's this version of me. But then you have someone else who's leaving their career and who's starting to travel abroad and doing it like, there's not one size fits all for internal work. Our expression of becoming our fullest selves and your words thriving is going to look different to everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think that is so powerful. But to, to, to your point about it being intangible, I girl, I am with you. How do you we know, make it happen? Okay. For any other business owners out there, this whole thing about figure out your avatar. I mean, like, I'm sorry. I, I know my avatar. I know the feeling and the yep. essence of her. She's so powerful. She's going to resonate. We're just going to be connected. She's looking to be like her whole self, but she's already like rocking it out. But then she's like feeling not like she's you know, okay. But I can't tell you like she's a mom or she's this or she's an entrepreneur. No, she's just a really powerful woman. And I had to let go. I really had to let go at some point of like trying, even in business, trying to fit the goddamn boxes. Like we cannot fit into boxes. So stop trying. Like that's not why I'm doing what I'm doing now. And so I'm like, I didn't trade my corporate career to create a corporate job. I traded my corporate career to live my life and prove and show to myself that I can do what I love, like truly and be passionate in it and make a lot of money. And fuck yes, that's why I'm here. And I did it and I'm happy. You know, I'm happy. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, I think that it does require us. Like we both have such that similar thread of we don't fit into a box. Why would our marketing, why would our, you know, business coaching or the way that we and our businesses run fit into a box? Like it just just can't, it, it can't. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's something too, where people are like, well, how do you get your clients? And I'm like, I'm going to be honest with you. You know how my clients come? It's through divine intervention. I have Mm. no other ways. I have nothing else to say. Do I run a good solid business? Yes. Do I make offers? Do I put myself out there? Yes, I do all of that. But I do it by letting go of the outcome. I don't like do X, Y, Z, because I know it's going to be this ROI. I show up and I trust that the woman who is meant to have a transformation in her life, she will be connected to me. And then I am the conduit for what is meant for her. And I, I receive that role and I perform that role in excellence. So Mm. all I have to do is be myself. Yes. Yeah. I, I was feeling really stuck in the, when people ask like, well, what, what do you do? What do you call yourself? And I'm like, coach, mentor, activator, guide, but like business coach and feminine embodiment, feminine energetics, optimization, coach, success, coach, performance coach. And I'm like, no, I'm me. I'm me. And I have a giant resume of things that I have learned that I have been taught how to provide services. I've been taught how to provide, but also like my channel and my ability to hold is uniquely me. 
Yes. And you know, what's so interesting, Sam, that you're, you're saying that you, you know, you said all these things I'm cracking up because I'm like, you really like, I just want to tell you, you don't have to say a word. Like it is so clear. Like anyone who is in your sphere, it is just clear. It is clear to the rest of us. And we don't, and that's the conditioning that we can let go of too. Like you, like when you're on the pole and like showing us like, like, oh, I love being on the pole, by the way. Actually, it's really hard on my abs, but you know. <laughs> oh my God. You should see my, you should see my bruises right now. It's, it's like terrible. I climbed for the first time last week and like literally have all these bruises down my shin. It's, it's terrible. It's so, it takes so much strength. It's oh, so yeah. That's why I do floor work. I'm like, I can't do yes. dancing, but yes. But you know, when you show up like that and you show up and you share your story or what's real in your life right now, that frequency, like just that sharing, we, we feel it. We know it. Like it's clear. Like by the time you make an offer for something, it's clear. Boom. Done. Mm. You don't need a title. Again, that's such corporate speak. That's such like box speak. You know, it's, yeah. you don't need that anymore. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm going to receive all of that. And I appreciate that. So thank you for mirroring that back to me. And, and I agree with you. I agree with you. You know, it's like, there is, there is some freedom in the structure. I will say there was a point in my business where I had no structure and I was like, I'm floating and I'm going to go with where I feel, but then I couldn't always rely on the emotion. Like I needed to channel and, and process the emotion. But if I ran my business on strictly the emotion and like the feminine, it wouldn't work. So there's been this really cool balance of structure mm-hmm. and being able to flow between the structure, the masculine, the like, I'm really great at getting shit done. And I think you probably are too, yeah. but then also <laughs> really harnessing and pulling in this flow and this creativity and, and being able to balance all of them. And I think that's also part of owning the multifacetedness is that we're not just one flavor. Yes, yes, yes. And you know, I I think sometimes we think that too. Sometimes I see when women get into the feminine space and all of a sudden we have to let go of structure. No, it's all, it's that beautiful harmony. When we are in harmony, then that's beautiful music, right? That that's what creates the beauty. And so the same thing, like everybody gets to find their own balance, whatever that is. And for me, I think I was just too masculine, right? I had too much of the perfectionism, getting things done, checking off the boxes. I mean, right. Like, okay. I needed, I really needed to find my feminine. I really needed to find that flow. And yes, it's a beautiful balance one without the other. It's, it's just not going to work, but we don't have enough feminine. We don't have enough modeling of that. We don't have enough fullness of that, Mm -hmm. that we can really rely on. And I feel like that's why it's almost like we, when you first start, you almost have to swing the pendulum a bit to really get into it, to know it, and then come back to your equilibrium. I really resonate that. I I can see that in my journey where I really flew the opposite direction. And I think I'm in a phase right now in the last six months where I feel really grounded in the balance between the two. But I think for a solid year and a half, actually, after we met, I was like flowing into the full feminine and it was fun, but it also wasn't fully in alignment for me. Like Mm -hmm. I I'm, I'm that blend of both for sure. Like I need the fire and the spice and the get shit done and the opposite. But I'm curious for you, how did that play into you meeting your husband? Cause you're remarried Mm -hmm. and you found your partner. Where did the energetics and like being in the masculine and finding your feminine, was that in alignment with when you met your partner or was that a separate journey? You know, when it came to meeting Antonio, I would say 
that journey, again, goes back to the self-esteem journey. So much goes back to that. So interesting. I'm talking about that today. For me, it was falling in love with myself, like really all parts of myself. And so by the time, you know, when you're talking earlier about how it's hard to quantify those intangibles, but you see the change, the same thing was happening to me. So as I was going on this journey, people would literally stop me on the street to say, you are so beautiful. And I was like, okay, like, thank you. And I didn't change my makeup routine. I I didn't change anything. I looked exactly the same, but it was emanating from me. And so when I met Antonio, I met him just, I would say about, I met him six months after I put the ring I'm wearing on a vision board. And yeah, and I had made this vision board and I put the ring on it. And I, at that time, believed I was going to die an old maid, right? Because again, I still had that belief that my life was going to end and no one would want me and I'm used goods and I'm the throwaway and, you know, all the things I was telling myself. But there was this tiny part of me that was like, but maybe, I don't know, I'll just put it on this vision board. I just started learning about manifesting. So I think that's part of it too. So that Five months later, I meet him and he is, to this day, he says, I was attracted to your energy, my energy. You know, isn't that interesting? Like I just, mm-hmm. it sounds so woo woo, but it's, it's true. It's my truth. And I just, I didn't have to be any different in front of him. I just was me because I'd made a promise to myself after my divorce that I would never, ever, ever sacrifice myself again. And that was me with me. I mean, my former husband wasn't some horrible man, by the way. It's the relationship that we ended up in, the way that I showed up in that. And I just promised myself I would never do that again. So when I met Antonio, again, it was about being me, the fullest expression of me. I was living, I was just so free. I was so liberated. I just felt so good. And and then we met and here we are. This year will be eight years. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So good. So what are you excited for right now? You know, I'm really excited for this next season of my life. So this past December, my dad passed away unexpectedly. And he really was the man who built my confidence that I have today. Like I really, I was devastated to lose him. And I just, I didn't know I would be, I really didn't. And so he passed away. And when I came back to Texas, three days later, our our entire house flooded and we're still not back in our house. We are almost seven months out at the time of this recording from that time. And it's been a lot, you know, I, then I got COVID. I, I missed all of COVID and pandemic time. And then I got it all like, it just all everything like, oh happened God. together. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, but you know, I made it through that winter season. So then when spring season came, I felt like I was starting to emerge. We're in summer now and I feel good, but I'm really feeling the dichotomy of life, the duality that we live in, being in deep grief and also in immense joy, feeling like my life is really, 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 it's really good right now in all the ways. And it's really, really, really tough right now too. It's really, you know, that I'm, I'm exhausted from decision fatigue for, from all the remodeling with grief and all of that. 
And yet life is also just so great. And so I, I've been navigating this duality. And so I'm so curious what this next season will bring because I feel like an adult now. And that sounds so weird to say because I'm 43 years old. So I am <laughs> I'm, I'm no spring chicken. But this is the first year I have felt that I'm an adult and that I have arrived and I don't need... I really don't need somebody to give me the authority or give me the permission. It's this groundedness that I've just stepped into where like, this is me, this is me. And so I'm just so curious what will continue to emerge. That's juicy. I'm excited to see how that plays out for you. Like really excited. Do you think Mm -hmm. that the groundedness, do you think that that's something that's, that you've stepped into in your forties? Like I've talked to other women in their forties and they're like, there's just a different sense of knowing. Like I felt that shift dramatically from late twenties into now my late thirties, but Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm curious about stepping into forties. If you feel like that is part of it, or do you feel like it's just been your, where you are in your journey? I think it's really where I am in my journey. I mean, I felt a, a, a deep shift in, you know, the transition time in my self-esteem journey and divorce and transitioning in my career and everything. But this groundedness is something so much deeper. And I think it's really a result of my dad's passing. I think Mm. it just really allowed me to understand life, death, time, health, you know, I mean, just how we don't have control over anything. And yet we have so much agency over so many things. So that was the real catalyst for me, which is, is interesting because I mean, I'm sure people would describe me as very mature, you know, but it's not that it's something deeper where internally I feel grounded. So that's why I'm just so curious what will come from this place, because it's not even like I was journeying to this place. It came to me. Mm. Where do I go from here? Well, I feel like that's a side effect of, of trust, like deep, Mm. deep trust that it's all happening for you. And, you know, I know we have come up in similar work and going back to what you said earlier about the detachment from the results or what it looks like, Mm -hmm. but being in the trust of the journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. It's, it's a very deep level of trust right now. Very, very much so. And it's not always comfy. Let me tell you, but girl, I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so if you could go back to your younger self, whether it was your, you know, yourself that was going through the divorce or the loss of your son or moving out of your career and moving into this career, like any of those challenging times in your life, if you could go back and give yourself a cheat code or a quick lesson or a quick, just like nudge on the shoulder, what, what would you tell yourself? Okay. Actually, there's this one time I would want to go back to in my life. And I would want to, it was actually, it was in a really prime time in my life. And I would actually want to go back at that point. It was in the first year of my marriage. And I was making some moves that were pretty phenomenal. Uh, Just very shortly, I made a profit of almost $200,000 buying my first property at 24. Hell yes. Yes. I mean, that's amazing. And I had my realtor's license. And my other dream besides coaching is to have a real estate empire. And I was on my way. And that's when I dimmed my light because my husband also had his real estate license and I didn't want to outshine him. And I would go back and I would tell myself, 
you shine. I'm going to cry. You shine so bright. You shine bright because life is going to happen no matter what. It's going to happen. But the one thing that you have is you. And just like go all the way. Go all the way. Don't stop. Don't stop for a moment. I feel that. I feel that. Would you say that's that's like one of your biggest regrets? Yeah, it is. It is a really big regret of mine. I have a similar thing. It kind of activated something in me, which mm. also happened during my um during my marriage. I was down to one of four dancers that were at an audition to go on tour with Cher. And that was one of my big dance dreams, not Cher per se, but just being on tour with a musical artist. And at the time, my my ex-husband really wasn't comfortable with that. And it was a similar moment of like outshining and choosing myself versus choosing the marriage first. And there was a lot of turmoil with that. And I remember just being in a conversation the night before the callback and it was not a good conversation. And I was just crying and I felt so torn in that moment because I knew what my soul was calling me to do. And I knew what was possible if I took that road. And I didn't take that road. And I allowed that energy just to completely dim myself. So going back to that callback the next day, it was, I was not my best self at all. And it was one of those things too, where it was like, okay, I'm the blonde girl. There's a black girl, there's an Asian girl, and there's a redhead. And it's, you know, a matter of like, what, what, which one of us do they want? And also I just knew so deeply in my gut that my energy that day was like, do not hire me. And I would go back to my myself back then and be like, girlfriend, choose yourself, like yeah. choose you. And I also trust that everything happened the way that it needed to. And here we are. And I'm so grateful for how everything has turned out as I'm sure that, you know, you, you feel very similarly, but sure, yeah, there's that, that one piece. It's like, if I have any regrets around not being my fullest self or not choosing myself, that's, I would pinpoint that as one of those moments. Yeah. And isn't it interesting that we both are speaking to a time, like a prime moment. I think there's a lot of talk in the hard moments, which of course there should be, but those catalyst moments in those prime moments, I think aren't talked about enough for women either. And it's important to, to just acknowledge it. Like you said, I mean, of course I'm happy where I'm at now. Like this is where I was meant to be, but do I look back and think, Oh yeah. If I could tell myself, yeah. Or like if you had the opportunity, you know, like you said, just, just the showing up differently for me, it was just like, Oh, I'll just let my license expire. I'll bring clients to my husband. We'll do it together. But subconsciously and then consciously, I let that dream go. Yeah. You know, it's fascinating. We're having this conversation now because I'm choreographing for the first time. I mean, outside of like dance classes, I choreographed for those whenever I would teach rocket master classes and, and things like that. But I haven't personally choreographed anything. I always supported my my ex in choreographing. And mm. in this last couple months, I was asked to choreograph for a show here in San Diego. And it's been a really healing moment for me to step in. Cause I always said back then, I'm like, oh, I'm not the creative one. Oh, I'm just, I'm a really good supporter. I'm a good at like pulling the choreography out or setting the choreography. I'm good at all these other things. But I specifically remember being like, oh, I'm not creative. I'm not creative. And so mm -hmm. here we are, you know, 10 years later and I am, I am fully stepping into 
oh, I'm creative. I get to do this. So it's been a really interesting healing. And I think it's, it's wild and also not wild that we're having this conversation right now. Mm -hmm. It's very potent. Mm -hmm. I resonate with the not thinking I'm creative, you know, and I also resonate with the support. I always thought I'm, you know, I'm the, the cheerleader and I am, and I'm a great hype girl and I'm like so supportive and I love seeing people succeed. And, and I like being center stage. Fuck yes. (laughs) And it took me a long time to really allow myself to feel that because I had always seen myself as the girl in the chorus rather than the girl on the main stage. Oh, so I'm fascinated by this. What do you think was the thing that kept you from from stepping into the spotlight? Like what what was the thing where because I have. I have thoughts on this, but I want to know yours first. Okay. This one, I do have an origin story. (laughs) I'm like, I know I've done so much work on this. So when I grew up, when I was young in the eighties, I grew up in a very white town and I was like this brown girl in a very white town. And so the school I went to, Miss Melody was the music teacher. And every season I would try out for the play. I had a very bubbly personality, very charismatic, even at a young age. And so I really wanted to be on stage. I wanted it. And she always put me in the chorus. And I remember being in the chorus and looking over at the kids on stage. And the the stage was always very white. Just that's what it was. And then understanding my role. Like that has a very clear origin story of, well, you're meant to be in the chorus. And then I just took that forward, but I've always wanted to be center stage and I share the stage too. I mean, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not, you don't have to have all of it, but I want to be on the stage. I want to be front and center. Yeah. I, I like, I want that. I love mm-hmm. it. And so you- I had to do a lot of work around that. Did you experience any sort of backlash or any issues once you started declaring that you wanted to be a center stage? No, because I didn't do it really openly. It was more in my own self. And then, you yeah. know, and then I just started showing up, you know, so it's not something I really talk about, but clearly like, like I love talking. I, I mean, we're talking. Now. You're great at it. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I am, you know, and I love it. So <laughs> I just kind of moseyed my way in. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that. I think there's something powerful about the permission that grants other women, because I do feel like there are women that are like, no, I am meant to be front and center, whatever that means, whether it's in Mm -hmm. your life or in your business or career or whatever, whatever that outlet is. And I think a lot of women are afraid to declare that, like it doesn't feel safe to put themselves out there. And you know what? you're right, because maybe that's why I'm not saying it loud and proud, you know, but yeah, you're right. I mean, so we are taught to be helpers. We're taught to be, you know, the supporters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that was my experience too, is, you know, when I, when I would shine or when I would get the solo or when I would be upfront, the other girls didn't like me. And so I created the story that when I'm my fullest self, when I'm in my sensuality or when I am in my creativity or when I'm in my loudness or my boldness or my riskiness or whatever it is, when I'm in my confidence, I I'm isolated. And so that was a, that was a story that I worked through a lot. 
Uh, yes, that reminds me, you know what? I had that experience too. When I was developing in middle school, I had a friend. Okay. So I developed earlier and she didn't. So she was flat chested and I had a chest and she made me so uncomfortable because she was so jealous. So I used to walk like this shoulders inward to this day. Like now I have a lump on my back. I'm like trying to work on, you know, standing up straight, (laughs) but that stayed with me. Again, Mm -hmm. when you're a powerful woman and you have this Mm -hmm. big spirit and then people around you feel a certain way, I mean, being a 10-year-old, 12-year-old, you know, even 20-something, it's hard to understand that just keep going because you want to fit in. It's a natural part of our survival. We want to fit in. But I totally resonate with that because I would have examples like that. And so I just kept learning, no, be smaller, be smaller. It's those things. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. Mm -hmm. I just looked at the time and I'm like, oh, we should wrap this up. (laughs) I know we could talk for like another three hours, (laughs) but I'm curious if there's anything for the listener. I know we've touched on so many different things today, but if there's anything for the listener that we haven't touched upon or that you feel called to share, does anything come up for you? You know, I think just to sort of sum up what we said with a pretty bow, I think that the theme today really is to be your fullest, brightest expression. No matter where you're at in your journey, this is the sign to be there. Whether it's that, you know, you're in the lowest of the lows and you just need to come out of it or you're at your peak but you are subconsciously sabotaging it or anywhere in between, this is the sign. This is the clue. This is the message. This is whatever the permission. Like, yeah, exactly. With neon lights. It's the flashing lights. Flashing neon lights, like shine bright. You know, shine, shine bright like a diamond. Who sings that? Whoever sings that? It's so cliche, but yes. But Well said. Shine bright. Yeah, 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 yeah. Be the permission. That's been, that's like been a vibe. I think I need to make a shirt that's like be the permission, but that's so potent and relevant right now. I think for me, for my clients, for, for life, I think for women in general is like, we get to stop waiting for permission or waiting for the green light and to become the permission, become the permission. Yes, we have to, we have to, and, and we, we get to. And, you know, in case you ever forget, all you have to do is look outside anything in nature, anything. There is nothing in nature that questions its existence and questions what it's, how it's growing. It just does. Like I'm looking Mm. at a tree right now. It just grows bigger. Like that's its journey. It doesn't say, no, 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 stop growing. No, I can't because the other trees are going to mind. It it grows. And we are also part of that nature too. And we get, we get to grow and blossom. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Shazia, you are a rock star. I love this conversation today. Thank you so much for being here. Where can people find you if they want to connect with you? Okay. Well, of course I have a free gift if you would really like to connect. So it is the, my hundred dreams list template. This is exactly what I used on my journey. You can grab that at thelifeengineer.com slash dreams. I'm also on Instagram at The Life Engineer. My podcast is Feminine and Fulfilled. I'd love to have you take a listen there. Um, I'm at thelifeengineer.com and I'm on Facebook as well at Shazia TLE. So those are all, all the places to find me.
Amazing. And we'll link them all in the show notes. You can just scroll down and click Shazia. Thank you so much for being on the full out podcast, guys. If you loved this episode, we would love for you to take a screenshot, share it with a friend, put it on Instagram and tag us. We love, love, love being able to spread the word, spread the good vibes, spread the empowerment, spread the light. So you get to be a part of that too. So thanks for being here and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much for joining me. If today's podcast inspired you in any way, we would love your support in spreading the word. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and let the other queens in your life know that they are also worthy of living life full out. If you want to continue the conversation, I'd love to connect with you on Instagram or Facebook at Samantha Jo Harvey. Have a fabulous day, and I'll see you next time.